Welcome to Broken for Purpose. Good morning. Good no, it's good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is me, Glenetta, your host, and I am here with the wonderful, the awesome. I have been waiting forever to get her on my show, Samaria Long. Hey, y'all. Say hi, Samaria. So what we're doing is right now, give me just a minute because I'm trying to share her to the world. Is it up there? I don't see it. Never mind, I see it. Oh, wait. We got to get the microphone out of my face. I'm too cute to be covered and so are you. Pull that microphone down. She good? Oh, she is. I can see her face. Oh, I can't see mine. Oh, there I go. Okay, so so what you do is share it to your page, and so then people can see you and they can talk to you, and y'all interact and um, do all that good stuff. So share, share, share. Come on, come on in the room. <laughs> I love her voice. Oh my God. Samaria, tell the people to come on in the room. Y'all come on in the room. <laughs> so, anyway, down to business. So, anyway, today on this wonderful, non sunny, rainy day, my girl has came all the way from. Excuse me, excuse me. It's all right. Now where where's she and we got Chastity in the room too. You can't see her, but she over in the corner with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Samaria, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. Yes. You have an awesome story that people need to hear. And on top of that, the culmination of it has uh ended in a book, staying connected. Other people show people your book. Staying connected. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about you know where it came from, your testimony. You know, um, we're going to talk about all that. But first, we're going to get to know you a little bit better, so the people know who you are. Tell them who you are, girl. Tell them a little bit about yourself. As y'all know, I am Maria. Uh, I'm 28 years old. Um. I was recently incarcerated. I just came home in January, and I did uh, eight and a half years on a ten-year sentence. So I'm just blessed to be here. I'm, uh, I work full time. I go to school full time, and I'm writing on the side, trying to keep everything together. But I'm just trying to motivate people to, you know, stay positive and let them know there is another way out here to. Stay on your feet and do good in life and, you know, have a second chance on life because I'm doing it. And if I can do it, then I know anybody can do it. So that's really what I'm trying to do is just help other people. And we're going to find all about that. Don't y'all buff her voice? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so Samaria, where are you from? Where are you originally from? I am from Dallas, Texas. Ooh, detail. <laughs> and yes, let's see. She's from Dallas. She's 28. You got any kids? No kids. No kids, but you're a good aunt. Yes. I know you got, yes, Sam kids. got enough for all of <laughs> See, Sam? You went in, was fruitful, and multiplied. I don't know if God was saying all that, though. I'm just playing. We're going we gonna, to we gonna bash them, too. Um, so, what are you going to school for? Um, 
Well, I was going for computer developments, but the school that I was going to shut down. So mm -hmm. right now I just enrolled to South University in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm gonna major in psychology. Okay. But well. I'm not done with the orientation yet. So okay. I'm okay. working on it. So from computers to psychology. Yeah, because I mean my dream is to to be like a DJ, a radio broadcaster, an MC. And so I was trying to learn the technology because, you know, I've been gone for so long. I right. barely even knew how to work an iPhone. <laughs> but the more that I was taking the classes, the more I realized that that's really not where what I you need wanted. to be. Right. Okay. Like I can, you know, I can start my career really with social media and, you know, get get some more knowledge and education for what I really, really enjoy to do. Okay. And, you know, that's what we have to do. If we don't love what we do, we end up. Not do, yeah, I have quit many a job because I was like, I don't even like this stuff. You know, so yeah. we don't want you there. So tell us, let's go back because, like I said, um, we're going to talk about your story, um, how how it happened, what brought it on. Um, because I know your family, and you come from a good family. That you know, um, your mom, your brother. You know, so when you're on the right road. You know, when you're when you're brought up in a good home, what makes a person veer off to get into trouble? Now, mind you, if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, let me know. Oh no, no, okay. it's fine. I believe um, I believe it's my job to be transparent, so I don't mind. Okay. Um, well, like you said, I did. I grew up in in a pretty good family. Um, I really think is a mixture of a lot of things that kind of just got me out the road but for one you know we grew up in church but we also grew up in the hood right, right and so you know it's like i always have had one foot in and one foot out one foot in church one foot in the streets right and that's how i grew up that's how i seen my family going back and forth and um when i was 12 years old my mom my daddy got a divorce and it kind of affected me you know like they don't they don't teach us as kids how to properly um, get your emotions out right. in a positive way. And I just kind of became angry and defiant, and it it started from there. Okay, so and I remember you a little girl, mm -hmm. cute little girl. <laughs> yes, I met her in church. You, you was never angry and defiant to me, but that goes to show you that people never really know what a person is dealing with because we as women. You know, we're taught to hide our emotions. We have to be strong. You know, they say men are taught to hide their emotions, but we're the ones that people are always dependent on to lean on. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we, we're not free to let our emotions out, like you said, in a healthy manner. So being in church, how did that, did that help you any um, through that time? Um, yes and no, because for a while, you know, um, our spiritual father, Pastor Allen, um, I stayed with him uh, three different times. And during that time, I was very involved in church, very involved in the praise team. And it was just, I was constantly, you know, walking with God. But um, every time I would leave and go back to Dallas, and, you know, I would get distracted and steer off and go back to my old way of living. So it was kind of like you had friends in the street, friends in church, and you were being pulled in two different directions. Mm -hmm. And did did anybody notice that? Were did you were you acting out as a cry for help, or you was just 
whatever? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that um, because I did know the Bible and I did know, you know, what is right and what is wrong, that I I would do this. I would do the stuff I was doing and I would enjoy it, and then I would feel guilty about it. And it was just a, you know, a, a pattern. I would just keep going back and forth. So what what caused it to just all end in that, you know, that one thing that got you into trouble that you couldn't get out of? Because I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I know that a lot of times um, there's stair steps to this thing. Mm. We don't go from no trouble to big trouble. Mm. Um, there's little incidents of trouble getting pulled out. You know, did, were there small fires before the big fire? Um, yes, I started um, losing control of myself on drugs, and I realized that you know I was slipping. Mm-hmm. I was slipping, and this this not who I wanted to be. And you know I wasn't like normal uh, girls my age. I never went to prom. I never graduated. You know I dropped out of school. Like I was I was in the streets. Right. I was I was trying to get some fast money. I was getting high. Like I I was completely lost myself. And um. My brother, my brother was there with me for a minute, but he has a, a strong calling on his life and he just couldn't ignore it anymore. And like I admire him because I seen him isolate himself, move, he found him a wife, he got himself together, and he changed, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to do that too. He told me, um, I'm about to start my church and I need you to help me with the music. And I said, All right, well, you know. People was dying at the time the uh, police started killing people. So I was on the run, you know, and I was just like, I can't go to school. I can't get a job. So I'm going to turn myself in. Now, of course, I didn't think I was going to get 10 years, right. but um, I don't regret it. I turned myself in because, you know, I wanted to get my life together. And I know I wanted to go to school. I wanted to get a job. I wanted to, I wanted to live my dreams out. And I know that the way I was living wasn't going to get me there. So... When you went to went to prison, mm-hmm. how was that? Because I mean, I mean, we all, you know, we've been involved in the street life. We think, you know, I can go in, I'm good, I'll be cool. But when you got there, what was the reality? Um, <laughs> you got to do your time. It's just like it's disgusting down there. Um, the beginning of my time was the, the hardest because I wasn't used to it. And it's when I really realized I'm in here by myself, you know, like I done got myself in trouble, but I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta stand on my feet and take care. I gotta do what I gotta do. I can get out of here. So it's like, it's, it's literally one day at a time. And I just, I organized, I organized my life, my priorities, my bread, I studied, I exercised, I wrote, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I tried to use my time wisely because I didn't have no other choice. I had to I had to be there. So I just tried to elevate and see what all I did wrong, notice what my weaknesses is, and just really try to work on myself, my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. So did you have any time where like I've had to do six to twelve to four? Mm-hmm. And I know mentally I would be sleep one night. And the next morning, I would wake up thinking that I'm home, and then I'm dreaming until I open up my eyes and see, my nigga, you're not at home. You really? Mm-hmm. How did it work against your mental? Um, 
it was the opposite for me. Like I, I would stay up and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in prison. And um, I don't know. I just, I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot. I thought a lot. That's all I did. I, I stayed to myself. I just, I, I came into myself and I just studied and read and write and just, just, I seen people, you know, I done seen people lose their mind in there. I seen people commit suicide. I done seen a lot of crazy stuff. And so it's just like, it is, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mental, mental power that you have to tap into to be separated and isolated in a situation like that for a long time. Did you ever feel abandoned in there? By some people, yes. So you have you have young people out there that think that, you know, because they've lived that street life, that going to prison is nothing, you know, it's something easy, it's something that they can deal with. But and I and I hate to, but I'm asking you. Tell us what was the atmosphere? And I know you said that you rode and you know you stayed to yourself, but what was the atmosphere? What was the feeling? Because any creative, any writer, singers, or anything like that, they feel on a totally different level. And so they feel a little more than the average everyday Joe. So what was that feeling? When you walk through those gates, when you walk through those doors, what were your feelings? How did you feel? Not what you um, thought, but what did you feel? I believe that... Um I grew up in prison, mm-hmm. and so when I, when I uh, initially began my time, I was 19. Mm-hmm. I was still young, and I, I wasn't realizing that, you know, this is really real. This is life. This mm-hmm. is your life. And so at first, um, I, I didn't take it as serious as you might think I did. Mm-hmm. But as I began to sit there and do month after month after month and, you know, see the things in there, um, it just... It just like it made me realize like it's it was very demonic, very negative, like but I moved around a lot and so it's just really depending on like the atmosphere or the unit, the officers that work there, the inmates that I was around. It all can change. It just really depends on where I'm where I was at. Now, did you ever feel yourself in danger while you were in there? Um no, not really. So, so it wasn't necessarily what people see on TV, where they got to fight every day no. and defend themselves. I mean, day. it is it is fighting in there. You know, there at a women's prison, it's a lot of cutting with the blades and stuff. But I never, you know, was put in a situation where I had to do anything like that. But I mean, it does go down in there. But it's like not as institutionalized as the movies make it out to be. It's mm-hmm. not that bad. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so year one, you know, okay, I can't believe I'm here. I'm 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 getting used to, you know, getting mm-hmm. used to it. Then year two. How how because I, I'm telling you, I was in jail one time for two days. <laughs> what you do, girl? What girl, you do? I didn't pay no traffic ticket. <laughs> and I was calling Laura and I was like, Laura, get me out of here. And they walking around and like, girl you know and i'm from the streets but the jail it may it kind of broke me down i was like so how did you know and i know you have you know your brother your 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 mom um your reading your writing but did you the depression 
you know, because we get depressed. I get depressed out here in everyday life. And so how did you, how did you deal with the emotional effects of being locked up, uh, depression, anger, hurt, rage, you know, how did you deal with those? Um, well, I, I did counseling while I was in there and it's like, I, sometimes I feel like it's easier to talk to a stranger. Yeah. And so I would, um, I would sign up for counseling and I would just, whatever was on my mind, I would talk to my therapist about it. Um, I would write poetry. Um, you know, of course, uh, me and my mother, our relationship grew tremendously. We, um, we talk about everything. And I, I talk to her about like deep, deep thoughts and feelings that I have that I probably won't discuss with no one else. Mm -hmm. I've talked to my mother about it. And, um, I feel like, um, my time saved my life. And so I, I took very, very good time and I just discovered everything all, all over again. So you said that your time saved your life. Do you think you'd be alive if you hadn't gone to prison? Um, Honestly, I don't know. So many of my friends have passed away um, getting killed by the police and um, getting life sentences and just so much just, just dying, just dropping like flies. And it's like, man, if I was out there, I wouldn't have slowed down unless, you know, I put myself against the wall. I didn't have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. So I did it as a, as a last option. But if I was out there, you know, still just living life, enjoying it, turning up every day, and, you know, who knows what, where I could be. So I feel like I elevated myself. I took, they gave me that 10 years, but I gave it back to them. Okay. So from the day that you went in to now, tell me the mindset, how how you see life now, what what your plans are, what do you see yourself doing? Um. I would like to be like a motivational speaker where, you know, I can have different um, speaking engagements where I can talk to young people, you know, who, who are just like me or, mm -hmm. or, you know, fresh out of prison and don't have any resources or no support at all. You know, they right. gave me tons of resources and all of them were fake. Really? So when I came home, I had to do this by myself with, you know, with the help of my family and loved ones. So it's like, and I have support, you know, I right. have help. I have somebody that I can depend on if, if I, you know, if I can't pay a bill. Right. Or, you know, if I have nowhere else to go. But some people don't have no one because they had no one their whole time. Okay. And that's, that's, that's interesting that they would give you resources, but then you're still out there lost. Yeah. Because you're right. There are a lot of people that have nobody. Um, they didn't have nobody going in. They do their time by themselves. They get out and they still have nobody. Mm -hmm. And so for you to want to, that's a good idea. It's a, it's a need. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, let's, let's switch gears for a minute. Let's talk about your book, mm -hmm. Staying Connected. Tell us about it. Tell us where it came from. Um, you know, just tell us what it's all about. Okay, well, this is book one. So there will be more books after this one. Um, well, as y'all know, I was incarcerated. And in three of those years, um, I was in a cell by myself. And so, you know, I read a lot. And I would read all these devotionals to the point where I didn't have any more to read. So right. I just said, you know what? I'm going to write my own devotionals. Okay. And um, I did it. You know, I kept saying, hey, when I get home, I'm going to publish this book because 
I seen how you did your book. And uh, when I when I got the copy of your book, I read it. I used to read it over and over again and make everybody else read it. Mm-hmm. And um, you really, you really like planted that seed in my spirit to, to just sit there and write. Oh, I planted the seed. <laughs> yes, Chad, you girl, planted the seed. <laughs> I feel a little. Mm, okay, keep talking. And so you know, I, I did it. You know, and it took the process was so long to actually get it on Amazon and. Mm-hmm. The publishing and everything, but after I, I looked it up and I seen my book on Amazon, I was like, I can't you feel, believe I don't did it. Make you feel some kind of way? Yes, yes. Now, like, wow. let me ask you because it took me. Let me tell you, it took me seven years to write my book, and it took me so long is because you never really you think you're healed from things. Mm-hmm. You think you've got certain emotions so and things under control. Exactly. And so to have to go back and um, to have to relive those memories and write them down, I would have nightmares. I would have night terrors. I would have anxiety. And so anytime I started feeling like that, you know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this no more. Or people weren't just... You know, I think sometimes you can be surrounded by people and still be alone. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, and so for a lot of that time, I felt alone. You know, I I was surrounded by people, people I love, they love me. But a lot of times I would feel just like by myself. And so it was hard to write it when I didn't have anybody to um, talk to, Mm -hmm. to... uh, just to to decompress with it because that's a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and people always say, "Well, you know, I'm here for you anytime you want to talk. I'm here." But then when you call, well, you know, right now I'm busy. Yeah. Can you call me back? And so it makes you feel some kind of way. And when you get enough of that, uh, you stop. You, you know, you stop reaching out. Stop reaching out, right? Even down. exactly, even though maybe you just haven't reached out to the right people, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, when when you were writing this, but yours is a devotional. And so um, when you wrote it, what what was your mindset as you were as you were writing this book? You know, what were you thinking? I know you said that you had read all the devotionals, mm-hmm. so you decided to write your own. But you have to go to, especially for a devotional, you have to go to a spiritual place. You yeah. know, you have to go deep in God, stay in mm-hmm. prayer. So, you know, what? where were you at in your mindset when you were writing this? Um, It just really depends, like, the the mood and the atmosphere would change daily. Mm-hmm. Like you never know. And in, in that place it was sometimes it was peaceful, sometimes it was chaotic, sometimes it was quiet, sometimes it was loud and noisy, you know, like and I just stayed consistent. Mm-hmm. I just uh, no matter what, I stayed in my Bible every day and I stayed down and I wrote. And um it was a lot of people in there who like really didn't know a lot about God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I guess I caught myself trying to make it relatable to them mm-hmm. where they can understand and, but not seem like I'm shoving it down their throat either. Right. And so I would just kind of break it down and write it down and, and give it to them where they could just read it in their own time. And over time they start to actually learn about God and not to be so, you know, defensive when you bring them up. Right. And so it was just in a way like, Oh, she just like me, but she telling me about God too. So, you know, it's right. like, I made it easy and um, comfortable 
thoughts and, and you know, not so much pressure to talk about something mm-hmm. like that. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of times it's easier. We, we talk about, especially I come from, I'm a lot older than you. Mm-hmm. So I come from Kojic, like Kojic oh, back in too, the day when it was a sin to wear pants mm-hmm. and, and makeup. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a, a lot. I think a lot of times it's easier for me to listen to what you're saying that God told you when you look like me. And I'm not just talking about my skin color. I'm talking about, you know, where I come from, how I, how I talk, how I hear. You know, I, I don't mind listening to a preacher that's tatted up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because then I'm like, okay, he's lived, maybe they've lived the life that I've lived. And then if God will use them, he can use use me me too. too. And so I think that that's where we are with you. You know, there's so many people that you're going to be able to touch people that uh, normal, regular preachers and people in church wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. Because I remember as a kid growing up in foster care, you know, they want to send me to therapy. But I'm like, why am I talking to you? You don't know anything about my life. You don't know what it feels like. You don't know where I've come from. So there's nothing that you can tell me, you know. You and also as a kid, you don't know how to properly express yourself anyway. Exactly. But even as an adult, you know, if we're talking, if we're talking about you trying to help me, if we're talking about you trying to make a difference in my life, I firmly believe, and, and it's just my opinion, everybody got one. But I firmly believe that you have got to be able to understand where I come from. And if you've never, you can empathize all day long, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I feel for you, you know, but for you to understand, you've got to have lived at least a little bit of my life. You can't tell me that I'm going to be all right if you've never gone through what I've Mm -hmm. gone through. How do you know? You know, and so I think that you'll be able to touch so many people because you've lived the life and look at you now. You yeah. know, um, you look good, kid. <laughs> you look good. I'm telling you. Thank you. And I love, I love the way your mindset is because sometimes people come out of prison um, not only angry and bitter because, like I was asking you, nobody sticks around. Everybody doesn't stick around. Those people that say, I'm going to be there for you. I got you. I got your back. Oh, yeah. And after a little while, they start falling away. Am I wrong? Oh, no. You're right on point. You're right on point. Um, but that was good for me, though. I had, I had, I was a child. Mm-hmm. When I got locked up, I was a child. I had to grow up. I had to realize, you know, Ain't nobody going to do you like you going to do you. Ain't nobody going to protect you like God going to protect you. I had to learn that the hard way. Because sometimes my mom used to tell me that my loyalty was my downfall. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I could be so loyal mm-hmm. to the wrong thing or yeah. the wrong person that I forget about myself. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Because we do come from a, 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 a church background mm-hmm. Did you at ever in at any time feel like God had abandoned you? Honestly, I could say no. I've never, I've never been so um, mad at God to where I don't feel Him or I don't feel like He's for me. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm hard on myself, mm-hmm. very, very hard on myself, and uh, I'll kind of ride that guilt out for a little bit. 
until I snapped back. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've, I mean, I, I've kind of went through the whole when my faith gets low and you know, I'll doubt and um, kind of slack in my prayer life. But I've never just felt like God abandoned me, never. So once you've gotten out, okay, so after you said nine years, Mm -hmm. so nine years you've been locked up, nine years you've dedicated to reading, studying, you know, being close to God. So now you're out, you're free. How did that, because now you have a whole world that, because a lot has changed in the last 10 years. Um, Did you fall back? Did you get overwhelmed? Um, Was it easy to reintegrate? Well, um, see, the whole time um, when I was in prison, it was a a struggle. Mm -hmm. I've always struggled with my lifestyle as far as 100% walking with God. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, we all seen and we all fall short of the glory of God, but it's always a struggle with me, mm-hmm. but my, my deep desire is to walk with God. And so it's always a tug of war. So it's just really the same thing out here. Okay. But if anything out here, it's just more pressure because there's so many people that I, I can't afford to disappoint anymore, you know? And so it's just a lot of pressure on me mentally. But let me ask you, do you think the pressure is self-inflicted? Because at the end of the day, only person that you can't afford to disappoint is God, right? Correct. So then why do we worry about everybody else? Well, because, I mean, some of the decisions we make in life affect other people that are connected to us. And, you know, I took my mother through so much, so, so much. My brother, you know, it's it's affected their minds too. Me being gone, my brother got six kids now. You know, thanks, Sam. Six, six kids, kids, six kids. Be six fruitful. Kids. You're right. He got you enough know, for us all. He got six kids, and it's like people that I grew up with. They have kids now, and it's just like wow. Like I missed out on so much. Like I I can't afford. I can't afford no more slip ups. So it's just it's, it's a lot of pressure. And and so, what do you still go to counseling? No. Do you think you should? Um. Well, you know what? I'm still on parole, and my PO was sent, telling me something about. Uh, she thinks I need to sign up and um, you know, start talking to somebody again. You know, I'm. I, I work in psych. Mm-hmm. I work. In, I work in a psych hospital, and so um, I see a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I'm a firm believer. Uh that we all need therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every last single one. At least just, at least talk about it. <laughs> right. But when you because when you carry so much expectation, so much weight, you know, um a lot of times when we don't have anybody to talk to and uh, a safe place, non-judgmental, non-expectational, um sometimes that weight can push us down and push us back to where we're not trying to go. Yeah. So I I I would suggest I would suggest that just just for you, mm-hmm. you know. Um I go to therapy sometimes. I need it. We all need it. Yeah. But you know, especially because you feel that you have so much to lose 
and and we all do, you know, but um you because you want to you want to make sure that you don't disappoint those and around you. I mean, you. and not only that, I mean I missed out on so much. Um, just me as a woman is things that I want to accomplish mm -hmm. and I feel like I don't have no time to I don't have no time to waste. I don't have no time to wait. Everything that I want to do, I'm I'm starting right now. And, and that's good. And that's good. But take it from somebody that's almost 50. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be so focused. That's just my own little opinion. Mm -hmm. Don't be so focused on um, those around you. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you have to take care of you first. Yeah. Because you can't help anybody if you're not taking care of you. And, and I... I and I would be, I think I would be safe to say that nobody has more expectations on you than you. Mm. And right. yeah, and that's, there There goes that loyalty thing. Mm -hmm. You're so worried about everybody else that you forget to worry about yourself. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's talk about how it feels. Okay, Miss Fairfish. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> let's talk about since we're gonna bring your fruitful brother into it how does oh, how Lord. does it feel to live with a pastor preacher not that you've never done it before because you live with pastor mm. i couldn't see myself now growing up like if you knew sam back then then you wouldn't be surprised about who he is today oh definitely you just not knew. yeah he you had preacher knew. he had preacher written all over him and um i mean we was weird growing up like we was we would listen to preaching tapes and uh preaching mimic. dvds and, and mimic yeah yes, and, I remember and those my, my brother would be in the, in the bathroom with a choir robe on <laughs> and his flashlight <laughs> in his hand like the microphone <laughs> And he would be preaching, you know. Sam what I'm saying? always wanted to be a preacher, but see, it was a lot of hooping and hollering back then, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, my brother started his church while I was locked up, mm -hmm. and so like, I've never actually heard him preach okay. until I came home. And how does that what? How does that? I'd be just in a shade of stock, like, I just, I mean, like, I'd just be shocked, like, wow, my brother is, is really anointed, and he's just. He can really preach. Yeah. And he know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, he, and he preaching the Bible. Yes. And he, yeah. Yes. Okay. How about them nieces? And oh, they want everything. Six. Six. Good Lord. Samuel. Lord Jesus. I ain't, and I ain't even got one yet. Girl, it's all right. You ain't. I feel tonight. bad for the one I do have. They all know they, that, they that little baby gonna be spoiled. Little, little yeah, I know. We got, we got, <laughs> we got over here. Just waiting to spoil a baby. Look, you girl, <laughs> little ankle biters, they overrated. Keep them and then send them home. That's mm -hmm. that's my that's my thing. Oh, I do too. Girl, yes, yeah, spoil them, get them hyped up on sugar, and then just send them <laughs> home and watch them bounce off. Oh, but you gotta bounce off the walls with them, don't you? Mm -mm, I <laughs> let the church say amen. Oh, so what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Um, I work in Mount Pleasant at a, a warehouse. Girl, wait a minute. How far is Mount Pleasant from, that, from Dallas? Here? Yeah, about two hours. Whew. I feel so blessed and honored. You drove to. So yes, I travel almost every weekend and come to church. Oh, because he do have a church in it's in Dallas, right? Yes. Okay. You church? Uh, Kingdom Life Assembly. Kingdom Life Assembly. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. So do you sing in a choir? Um, some some Sundays I'll sing, yeah. Mm, you're gonna have to cut us a you're gonna have to cut us something before you leave. You like to sing? Um, yes, I feel like it's one of my passions. Really? So music. You remember me singing in Shallow? Yeah, I, I was remember. in the praise I team. know, you know, I know, but that was like, you know, I said she went all the way back. I know. You know, I yes, still have yes, I know. still have a picture of us. Do you? Yes, yeah, I was short though. But yes, girl, it, I had on this purple shirt. I had to burn that shirt. It was it was crazy to do. So Janetta Randall says, "What do you want to do career wise?" She's a little late to the party. Um, I would say I would want to be a radio broadcasting. Oh, most definitely. Radio broadcasting. So what what genre? You know, Christian, secular talk music um i haven't i haven't thought that far ahead but i know that it's something that that i'm good at Mm -hmm. and i know that it's something that i'm interested in Mm -hmm. i really um i tried to find different information about it while i was locked up but i I couldn't really find much so but yeah i know that's something that i really would enjoy doing it's all about Connections, yes, same connected girl, divine. Connected. I call him. Look at her shirt, yeah. look at her shirt. Yeah, support the brand, support the brand. I know, isn't that cute? <laughs> that is cute. I want one. I want to stay in connect, staying connected shirt because you know you what? Mean. That it is so true. You have got to stay connected. You Most can't, definitely. you can't. It's, it's just like the the plug in the uh, what you say, Jasmine. Staying con- I like that this girl. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, look. My manager over here, girl, Chastity. You over there. Uh, we told you to come on, but you over there with no microphone. With the mask still on. I know, girl, right? But don't, <laughs> I, you know what, though? I love it because there are so many times that we have people in our lives that uh, they get intimidated. Um, by what we're doing in life, but to have somebody in your corner that they don't care, they just want you to shine, you know, and they're willing to be there in the background doing whatever it takes to make sure that you're shining. It's wonderful to have somebody like that. (laughs) See, I I, I love it. I love it. It, You know, friendships and familyships, they're wonderful things when you have um, the right person. So with that being said, where where do you, I I think, I I know I saw it, you had a book signing at your Mm -hmm. job. Yes. So um, pick up your book, honey. Let the people know. Yes, Tell them where they can. It's on Amazon right now. Samaria Long, Staying Connected. Open it. It's a devotional. So, uh, you know, uh, Toy, Michelle's daughter bought it, right? Mm-hmm. So we were talking about it on, she came on the show and she's a friend of the show. But we were talking about it and she was talking about, because when I got it, I just started reading it. She was like, well, I waited until day one so it could be. I was like, I'm supposed to wait. She was I mean, you don't have to, but some people like more OCD than others. And I was like, you can take notes. 
Mm-hmm. You can journal in it if what, you want. What made that important for you to have for other people? Because I know everybody kind of um, digests things differently. And I'm the type of person, I write on anything and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to doodle. I'm going to write on my bed sheets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write on my pants legs. I'm going to write on everything. I write on everything. So I know it's other write on me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. If you need my number or something, I'll write it, I'll write it down. But uh, yeah, I just, I know that other people are like that too. They like to write in journal. And it's a good way to, to like do self therapy. You know, <clears throat> I find it hard to journal. I find it, and I'm a writer. But what I've come to realize that there are different forms of writing. I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I love to sit and tell my story. When I sit down and I try to write, um, it's hard. It's uh, it's kind of like a disconnect like between a my brain block. and my hand. I can tell you all day long, mm-hmm. but when I get ready to write it, it's just like it's too much, and my brain short circuits. Um, Mia likes to fuss at me about that. What matter? She was she called me the other day. We need to finish the second book. Oh my this god! Yes, book. this is your purpose. Where is healing. the second book? It's right here. Right here. Oh my God. You, know Lord, you better get a little recorder. We it's hard for me to do that. But if I'm sitting here, we need to do a a, a video book. Because I'm telling you, I, and I have I have a tape recorder with a microphone, I have a computer, I had a dragon where you could talk into it, but it's like my brain be like, You ain't fooling me, you ain't talking to nobody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, huh? You say she's sick of you. Because I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you too. (laughs) Anyway, but it's easy for me to sit here and talk to you and tell you every story, every feeling, every moment, every description, the taste, the smell, the sound. But as soon as I try and write it and put it on paper, it's like, um, (laughs) you got to tighten up your mind and just do it. Girl, I know, but my mind ain't tight. Drink some coffee. Girl, you don't want me drinking no coffee. <laughs> Baby, no. let me tell you. Lord. Me coffee, me sugar. It's like you and Sam, six children all at one time after candy and soda and sugary sweets. Really? Girl, Girl yeah. She came in one day, sprang <laughs> off the coffee, going to the show. And the show is an hour for 45 minutes. She was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> the last 10 minutes to actually do the show. Oh my God. You know, let me tell you, I'm pretty sure that I have some type of ADHD. Reagan says that I need to get some bullet points, but as you can see, I have no bullet points because I do better this way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were saying, I was like, we still need like some type of. Yeah, I know, no. I don't work. I don't work good. Baby, different, different strokes. For different different folks. folks. Thank you. Yeah, see. Oh, bring Nia in live. Okay, come on, Nia. So, yes. Anyway, I'm I'm telling you, so see, I was serious. The first, the first I gave my full seriousness. I have no more left in me. Mm-hmm. So now I have to be me. I have missed you and I am so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad to see you. And you are so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I love her. <laughs> I love 
love you too, Chastity, even though you don't talk to me. I love y'all too. Did y'all know Chastity can't drive? She can't? Girl, no. <laughs> she's only like 12. I know. She, um, she's... Are you 26? Whoa. I thought she was like 18, 19. That's little Chess over there. But let me tell big you. Big Chess, big Chess. She ain't big nowhere. Not in body. Do you not see that? I don't. No, honey. It's because <laughs> you's about that big. You know, you and your mama's about that big. But that's okay. Little packages, they come, you know, big booms. They got I, big hearts. You have a big heart too, though. You always have, though. You you know, it's funny how I have found that other people' experiences with people are not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. Because as kids, y'all, I'm. Let me tell you, you guys encouraged me every day of my life. Um. You, Chastity, Reagan, uh, Mia, at Shiloh, because now we Christ Cathedral, but there were groups of kids mm-hmm. that that just like, I just like connected with, just, you know, mm-hmm. just like, and it started out with uh, Denise, uh, Mia, Ashley, uh, Courtney, Larissa, mm-hmm. those were my first group of kids that, because, and I say this all the time, when pastor put me, he let me, I don't want to say he put me in charge, but yeah, I was like, is his man crazy? He, he has to be crazy. Who's going to let me deal with their kids? Because when you're dealing with people's kids, you're pouring, you know what I'm saying? You're pouring into them. Mm-hmm. And I was but crazy myself back then. Girl, I was crazy. I think that's why I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I was crazy. I felt like I was, I, I felt like I grew up with you all mm-hmm. because you helped mature me. And so when you say how you have people depending on you and looking at you, I get it. I understand because there was a lot of things that I wanted to do or a lot of ways that I wanted to act, but I didn't because I had kids that mm-hmm. I adored looking at me. Yeah. And I was like, dang. I want to cut somebody out, but I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah I try. But so, right, you know, and so you guys, you, you, you helped me mature and you helped me grow at a time. Bro, yeah. Nia, is you coming on or not? No, she said she looking nice. Oh my god! You know what? She said she's just here for the comments. Where's the popcorn? You know how you have those little gifts with the popcorn? I'd be, yeah. Anyway, she said to throw away your key. Yeah, Chastity. You better not throw away them keys. I'm we in with the Jeep you. Club, baby. I am with you. Because, you know, Ashley Paramore, oh my God. Let me I love t- you, Ashley. Let me tell you about her and her driving skills. And her, her words are, but did you die? Almost. Baby, that child right there, she be rolling, zoom. No, you can't drive. She just be driving like she's on the NASCAR. No, Ashley can drive. We done got away at the many places. Ashley is, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And don't turn on no no music. You be like this. Oh, my God. Anyway, 
So, As yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to need her light on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Y'all know down here in Dallas, the four words of speed limit is the song you listening to. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. So, be some you be, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I drive from Fort Worth to North Dallas to go to work. And it's a, it's a, it's 40 miles. So in regular, if I go to speed limit, Mm -hmm. it's like an hour drive. I think I can get there in 35 minutes. If you speed. If I'm listening to music. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speed limit. Ain't that mm-hmm. what you just said? Time yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I, you it know makes what? work pass by fast. You should put your book on Audible. I'm definitely learning how to work these Amazon. That one right yeah, there. So let me tell you. So I have started and he, uh, he will push you. He will push you. Taz will push you to be, he will ring every drop of whatever it is that you call to do out of you. He will push you to be on everything. So he, he, he approached me about the putting the book on audio and I was like, okay, you know, Oh, it sounds like a good idea. And it's your voice reading it. Girl. (laughs) So he, he, and I was like, okay. So I said, yes. And then as afterthought, I'm like, but who going to read it? You, me, <laughs> maybe we are rethink have to go this. Get this. So, well, it's still in production. Okay. So, so we were talking, and I, he was like, "You know, it's going to take a couple of months." So, you know, mm-hmm. I was like a couple of months. I'm a reader. I can read in you know a couple, a couple of hours. Of, yeah. What you talking about? It's going to take a couple of months. But okay, you you know you the professional. So last week was the first day mm-hmm. of recording. For the audibles. So I'm sitting here. I'm ready, you know. So I'm reading. I'm reading. In between one word and the next. I was like. "Uh, uh." (laughs) Girl. I'm telling you, it was, it was one of the, girl, it was one of the, so I said, okay. Now I see why it's going to take three months because I'm going to be breaking down left oh. and right through this book. Because, you know, I haven't read it since I wrote it. So I probably oh, should have wow. read yeah. it's, it's I've reread it over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. You know, I, I was under the mindset that I don't need to read this again. I done, I I done lived through it and wrote it. I, I don't want to read it again. Um, and I probably should have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, You know, I probably should listen when people say, Lynetta. You need to read it. Mm-hmm. Glenetta, take notes. Glenetta, have yourself an outline. Mm-hmm. Because baby, I was emotionally drained last week. Nia, be quiet. You here for the comments, remember? Anyway, so what time is it? How much time we got left? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a good interview. Yes, it was. It? Now, are you still <laughs> nervous? Um no, not no more. No. I'm comfortable what, now. What, was it was it good? I enjoyed myself. You enjoyed yourself? Yes. What do you think, Chastity over there in the corner? She didn't she? She did awesome. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And Taz, don't you just love her voice? Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, chat um, not Chastity. Stop looking at me, girl. Once again, Samaria. 
thank you so much for coming. Y'all go by Staying Connected. It's on Amazon. Get it. It will bless your soul. It will bless your life. Um, I'll also be having a a book signing tomorrow at the church at uh, Christ, Christ Cathedral. Uh, at Bishop Allen's church, there will be a book signing tomorrow. So, y'all are welcome to come. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not doing Hold anything. On. Hold on, I'm gonna need you to make her hype herself up more. Let me see that book. <laughs> can you can can they see me? Mm-hmm. They can stay see me. connected by Samaria Long. Tomorrow, she will be having a book <laughs> signing at Christ Cathedral Church, 3201 Puritan Avenue. Fort Worth, Texas, 76103. Be there. Okay? I need you to come out, support our sister, show her that we love her. Come. Come with money. Do you take cash app? Yes. Zell? No. Okay. Come with cash cash or cash app. Be prepared to buy multiple books. Okay? (laughs) We want her to not have anything when she goes back home. We want her to sell out. So you all come, uh, 3201 Puritan Avenue. Come from church. Listen to yes. the word. Yes. But come with your money ready. Look, Don't mom, put you it on. Yes, yes. Pastor Sherman C.G. Allen, yes. First Lady Otanya Eskridge Allen, yes. be there. The word is good. Leave with a book. Leave with multiple books. Okay, people? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And she will sign them for you. Yes, I will. Yes, you will. Where can they find you on social media? Where can we find you on social um, media? You can find me on um, Samaria Long on Facebook and Samaria Danielle 92 on Instagram. You're Danielle. That's cute. It's D-A-N-Y-E-L-L-E. Your mama's so, your mama so bougie. Mm. <laughs> So, yes, guys, really all seriousness, come out, support this young lady. She has an amazing story to tell. We've heard just a small portion, but read that devotional. It will bless you. So once again, I want to thank you for coming. Um, We're going to have you back again. Part two, because I know this is just the beginning. I'm getting in on the ground floor. So (laughs) when she all rich and famous, she going to remember me because I love her. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> thank you again for letting Broken with Purpose come into your homes, come into your lives. Uh, join us next week. My guest is Tammy Phillips, a uh, domestic d- abuse survivor. So, oh, Lord, Tammy. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> so I love you guys. Thank you. Mwah, 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 mwah. Goodbye. <laughs>